Good afternoon, Arsenal fans, and uh, welcome along to another episode of our 49 Undefeated podcast. A uh, bit of a negative mood around the room after a pretty demoralising defeat on Saturday, which we will, you know, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of, I suspect, um, in the next half an hour or so of the podcast. Um, Charlie Watts, who was at Stoke, who braved the M6 on a Saturday... And it was a, was it a pretty horrendous journey all in all? It was a pretty horrendous uh, before the game. Journey. It just everything was pretty horrendous. To be yeah. fair, I never like going to Stoke at the best of times, let alone uh, to see us lose um, in such a way. So yeah, not not the uh, not the best time, best away day, first away day of the season. But hopefully, it can only get better. Absolutely not. Um, Rob Guest, you're with us uh, in the absence of Andy Har and, and Kevin Byrne, so you can provide a nice uh, nice take on the weekend's events, which. Uh, for all Arsenal fans, was pretty dismal viewing at the Bet365. So, hello to you. Hello. No pressure. You've got a nice. You've got a nice <laughs> podcast where we're just going to basically tear into Arsenal and and Arsene Wenger's tactics yet again. Um, I'm going to just put an open-ended question out there and, and just just go with it. What went wrong? What what went wrong on Saturday? It was one of those days where no, Arsenal were pretty rubbish. They weren't. They weren't great, but. It was it was one of those days where Arsenal could have easily walked away from it with with a win. Everything kind of went against them. They, you know, they dominated possession. I think it was seventy seven percent. It was the most since two thousand and four they yeah. had in the game. Man. And it wasn't like they had possession, and did nothing with it. They did create some chances, but fortunately, they pretty much all fell to Danny Welbeck. Who had one of those days that he tends to have now in front of goal, where um, he just sort of scuffing shots and shouldering headers and stuff like that. It just didn't work for him. Um, for me, Alexander Lacazette's got a perfectly good goal that was chalked off. I'm not having this. His toe was offside. You can't give an offside for his toe. No. You know, no the, I, the linesman can't spot that whatsoever. He's just clearly guessing. Absolutely. And so, um, for me, that was a perfectly good goal. I don't care what the, the replays show and say, oh, his toe is offside. I'm not having that at all. It's his toe on his foot that he doesn't score with yeah. as well. It's just not offside. You know? it's, just, it's, just not an, it's just not offside. So, though, unlucky with that. They should have had a penalty. Hector should have had a penalty in the first half. So, there's all that went against him. But it's so classic Arsenal when you, when you dominate that much, you have that much of the ball, you create chances. If it doesn't go for you, which sometimes it doesn't, you've got to at least get a point. You don't, you, you know, stay tight at the other end. Don't just give them a goal on one of their only attacks in the game, which they did. You know, Xhaka lost the ball again. We sat here in this exact room last week talking about how Xhaka's mistakes seem to be getting punished week in, week out. It happened again. Um, him and Ozil got in a bit of a mess. Xhaka's ball got intercepted. Ozil didn't even attempt to trap back, and you know they scored. I thought Mustafi could have done better. So it was just a horrible goal to concede. I thought Monreal could have done better for that as well. I thought, yeah, it's just I thought everyone could have done better with it. It was just bad, rank bad defending, as we've come to expect from Arsenal at the moment. And so it was just one of those days. Everything went wrong. Wenger got his team selection wrong. He got his formation, whatever formation it was, by the end wrong. Um, but that, yeah. Yeah, I, we, I could easily be sitting in now talking about an Arsenal win because they, they did enough to win that game fairly comfortably it wasn't like they were absolutely dreadful they weren't they controlled it from start to finish and they created chances but it was just one of those classic Arsenal away days where pretty much everything went wrong Defensively Rob I mean, I mean I, I, I'm I fairly opinionated on that back three and I, f- I think we've already kind of discussed this off air Charlie about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is getting game time at the moment Purely in an, in an attempt to get him a new contract. I mean, it, it is so obvious, and yet Wenger doing that is sacrificing on his back three when he's got Sayed Kalasanac, who I think would just thrive and be a far better option for us as a left wing back. 
Nacho Monreal was the most central player in the back three, and you got Per Mertesacker sitting on the bench. I don't know about you, but it just the team selection just did not add up to me at the weekend at all. Then what you've got to do any game, you just start your strongest team. Like you said if Mertesacker's on the bench, why isn't he starting? Yeah. I mean, you saw how good he was in the cup final last year with what forty odd minutes or so against Everton or Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, of course he should be in. Class and that's yeah, left wing back as well. I think you have to go with your strongest team. Yeah, of course you want Oxlade Chamberlain to play, but play would you go for him in the right position? Would you go for him over Hector Bellerin? Uh as the right I wing think back. Bellerin did alright right wing back towards the end of last season and uh, Oxlade Chamberlain did as well. Yeah. You go with your strongest team, who whoever's on form, you go with them. It's, it's flipping a coin between Ox and, and Hector, but yeah. then I mean, that's, we what, that's what you do. You play them over there. You don't move Ox over to the left just to try and work out. I couldn't believe it when I saw him. Over there. Well, in fact, the start of the game, Ox was actually on the right, and he moved Bellerin over in the left just to try and accommodate Ox. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous because we actually had a, a lot of good play down the left-hand side during during the game against Stoke, but again, you had someone having a cut inside and trying to use their right foot. If Kalasnac was playing there and had the joy that they got, but then could have actually produced the end product, which he would have done, they'd have got so much more joy out of it. Well, particularly after what I said last week about Monreal's performance uh, you know, last season. And again, I, I didn't look at that Stoke team at the weekend and think there was anyone... Admittedly, I think Hesse gave us some problems. They didn't have him at Everton the previous week and... He does look like he might be a bit of an asset. It was a nice goal, nice finisher. But beyond him, there's no one in that Stoke team. They didn't cause us any problems, really. It was it was a, it was a nothing performance. To lose that game was ridiculous. You know, when you controlled it that much, it was it was just it was classic Arsenal. It really was. You know, we've seen it over the years, and it's it's just you came away from it thinking oh, nothing's changed. It's just exactly the same as we've seen all over over the years. The game they should never have lost, but they did, and they lost it for a all manner of reasons from bad finishing to bad team selection bad management and bad defending so um, it's just one of those ones you just hope was a a horrible one-off where everything that could have gone wrong on the day did go wrong on the day because there were a few bright spots I didn't think they were I didn't like I said I didn't think they were dreadful I thought there was a few um, bright spots from it but um, it just puts an awful lot of pressure on this weekend's game now and it's a very very tough game absolutely Rob Meza Ozil he came in for a lot of criticism after that game. I personally felt some of that was harsh. I, I've i seen him have much worse games than that for Arsenal. Several worse games than that for Arsenal. But again, in a game when he was needed to really take the game by the scruff of the neck and, and pull Arsenal, like Alexis Sanchez has done so often over the, over the past three years that he's been at the club, when the kind of the onus was on Ozil to, you know, dig us out a little bit, he was found wanting. I think I do agree with what Joey Barton said the other day. I think he is the easy target, and it's whenever Arsenal seem to lose or not do well, Ozil's always the scapegoat. I think Henry Winter as well. He wrote in the paper this week that it wasn't Ozil. You can look throughout the team. Xhaka made a mistake, etc. It wasn't Ozil's fault for the goal. So, I mean, the finger just always seems to be pointed at him. Yeah, he wasn't at his best, but I don't think it was his fault. And I think, obviously, he shouldn't get the blame at all. I don't think Ozil gets the blame for the defeat. I mean, I wrote a piece, and I'm, I'm a big Ozil fan, but 
I felt compelled to actually write something about Ozil after that game. I think people watching it on the TV on Saturday were perhaps thought it was a bit harsher criticism came his way. But if you were there and watched it as a pitch as a whole, it generally was like Arsenal were playing with 10 men at times because he was just doing... When he wasn't on the ball, he was doing nothing. And I know it's not his game. And I always use that as, as defence of him all the time. But I thought it was just so apparent against Stoke. It was the first time I really just sat there thinking he's doing, he's just doing nothing. There was a couple of times in the second half when he'd do a nice drop on the shoulder, he'd get, get a yard of space and look like he might create something. But I think the thing with Ozil is, is when you know that he's demanding 300 grand a week to stay at Arsenal, I think that's what's in my mind now this season, which has never been in really my mind before when I'm watching him. But just thinking you are demanding to be out there with one of the highest paid players in the world and week in week out away from home you're just not producing can you really hold the club to ransom with those demands when you're serving up the type of performances he did at Stoke I just don't think he can and um, he wasn't the reason Arsenal lost on Sunday on Saturday no chance about it and if Arsenal were going to get something out of the game it probably would have come from him you know, putting a great ball for Welbeck which Welbeck managed to shoulder over the top and there was a couple of nice chances he had a shot that was blocked it looked possibly goal bound so it wasn't the worst thing wasn't the worst performance in the world from him but you just want more from him you know how good he is you want him to really be a driving force in the game not occasionally when someone gets gets in the ball to do something with it you want him to get himself on the ball and create something and it was just really apparent I thought the Stoke game watching it from the stands just thinking he's doing nothing he's genuinely doing nothing when he's not when he's not given the ball and that was what I thought was really disappointing about it but he was by no means a reason Arsenal lost the game far from it did did Jacker's performance and this to both of you? Did Jacker's performance in that game make it even more apparent how much Arsenal need a new central midfielder before the transfer deadline? I don't, I don't want to. I, I you know I've been rave, I was raving about Jacker towards the end of last season. I thought he was great in the Community Shield as well. So I'm not going to sit back and destroy him after a couple of poor games in the league because he has had a couple of poor games so far in the Premier League. Certainly mistakes wise that have been seized upon, but. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't say I came away from that thing and they've got to sign a new midfield. If anything, I think they kind of need a player to play alongside Xhaka who can bring the best out of him and stop him from doing the dirty side of the game. Well, that was interesting because Ramsey... I, I actually thought Ramsey played OK. I thought he played very well. I thought he was Arsenal's best player. Although, I did wonder at the same time where he was for the goal. I, I, again, a lot, of the, a lot of the criticism was tar- was aimed at Ozil who was... Valiantly attempting to keep up with, I think Hesse who ran, who ran off him initially. I thought Ramsey got... was further ahead of the ball though, and it was just so, it was just lost so quickly from Xhaka's pass to Özil that everyone was caught ahead of the ball, and cause yeah. we we looked like we were about to launch an attack, and there was plenty of Stoke players back in the penalty area. It was just a quick breakaway, so I'm not sure Ramsey could have got back because he he'd, he'd gone thinking Arsenal were about to launch another attack. I thought Ramsey played well, and he's I thought he's had a good start to the season, yeah. but. I'm still. I, I don't know. I still. I, I still wonder about the whole Jack Ramsey axis. I know there were good sides towards the end of last season, but I wonder if Ramsey's the best player to bring the best out of Jack. I think Jack seems to be bringing the best out of Ramsey a little bit at the moment. So yeah. Ramsey's given a little bit more license to get forward and look a little bit like the old Aaron Ramsey. But I'm still not sure exactly how the bring, dynamic works in terms of the other way around. In terms of what Jack is supposed to do, because he's not that. When you got Ramsey there, Jack the onus on, is on to be a bit of a ball winner stroke um, destroyer time of field which he's not so that doesn't it's probably not ideally suited for Xhaka but it, it is for Ramsey absolutely what, ok Rob what do Arsenal need to do in the final how, how many days have we got eight. left now 8 days to go which 
just over a week to go. I mean, some encouragement today in that Arsenal might be back in with a shot of getting Jean Seri Barcelona look as if they've exited negotiations with Nice for him. Um, but what is it a midfielder Arsenal need? Do you think they need more going forward? Do you think they need a new defender? Where where does it, where do their priorities lie? I'd personally go with Seri. I think he'd be a really good addition in the midfield, but. To be honest, I, I can't see Wenger bringing anyone in. I know he's spoken about a number of outgoings and he wants them to go through, but I think a few of them I can't see moving, like Gibbs, etc. So I think Arsenal fans, I think they'll be disappointed at the end of the window. I can't see Lamar, that deal going through now, or Mares or anyone like that. So I think it will just be Lacazette and Kolasinac that'll come in. Is that enough, Charlie? No. No, absolutely not. Needed. It's a couple more needed on top of that. I thought it's a shame because it, the window started really well and I don't know if it is just plainly because they haven't, they've had trouble shifting players on that they've struggled to get anyone else in because it didn't stop them going for Lamar. They've bid enough times for Lamar so it's not like well, if Monaco had accepted it they would have said, hold on, we've got to get shift players out, out first. So. Wenger had previously said that he wanted a maximum of two or three so it, it the whole transfer window for Arsenal then seemed to centre on that pursuit of Lamar but it's just slowly and slow you know slowly stalled and ground to a halt I think now. if they're going to sign anyone now I think Serie will be the most likely one I think given the Barcelona they they do want Serie they've been they've been in for him they haven't actually bid formally for him this summer but they do want him he's a player that Wenger likes and it looked like he, he had his heart set on Barcelona and that's by all accounts collapsed in the last 24 hours having pretty much been agreed so he's back on the market now, unless Barca do another U-turn and go back in for him, which you'd be surprised because every every media outlet in in Spain now has reported it, and it France media have picked up on it as well, saying it's definitely off. So he's obviously going to be disappointed, but Nice have just been knocked out of the Champions League. They've not got that money coming in, so will they be looking to cash in on you know a very um, decent source of income for him? So um, I think if they're going to get anyone now, it will be him. I think he'd be a very good addition. I think, he's, in fact, I think he's a player that I'd most want him to sign between now and the end of the window. More than Lamar, um, presumably. I think, I think so. If Alexis is staying, I don't think Lamar doesn't walk into the Arsenal team no, anyway. So, no. I think if Alexis goes, and City will bid in the next eight days. Whether Arsenal accept that, their stances they won't. But if City bid eighty million, that may well change. So, um, that might hasten things in terms of Lamar or possibly Draxler or something like that. But it'd be a very rushed last-minute thing. Um, but Seri, it's not. I don't think Seri depends on someone going out first. I think he he would just be an addition to come straight into the side, certainly straight into the squad. So he'd be the most likely likely for me. Okay, centre back. Do we think some rumours today that Mustafi is of interest to Inter? Juve are looking at him as well. Arsenal supposedly trying to keep hold, not looking to loan him out. Um, it's an interesting dynamic at the back at the moment because you've got Gabriel's just left, Mertesacker approaching the final, well, he's into the final year now of his contract, approaching retirement. Uh, Lauren Koscielny's got ongoing Achilles problems, Monreal's the wrong side of 30 now. Arsenal all of a sudden defensively look in a bit of a mess to me. I think judging on the past two games, it was evident against Leicester on the opening day that there are problems at centre-back, so... Whether or not he'll go for someone, I'm not sure. I can't see Mustafi going out on loan. I think 
that'd be an awful decision at the moment given the problems there so I think we'll have to wait and see I think Van Dyke, you'd go for him if he was available but Southampton is saying now that he is part of their plans I just wonder if they were to relent on that Southampton whether Arsenal would want to be part of the conversation I think they probably would but I don't think it's I don't I you think, think it's timed itself badly possibly yeah I just don't I think they're too far behind in terms of Chelsea and Liverpool in the pecking order for that one as well and that I think next summer I think they definitely would if they, if he was still there because um, they're going to have to sort it out next summer the defensive issues but I'd, I'm still not overly like fretting about the defence because Koscielny's back this weekend and we all know Koscielny's going to improve that defence tenfold um, and Mustafi will get better that was his first game he looked very rusty I thought it was Stoke but it's his first game for Arsenal since since end of last season um, I mean Arsenal could be significantly stronger at Anfield this weekend yeah, is, is exactly. the one caveat and, so. I, and I'll bring Sakura holding back in I, you know, I, I, I felt well, sorry be... for holding immediately getting dropped I thought it would be dropped but I thought it would be dropped for Sakura to drop him and not bring in a centre back for really for, well, I think Mustafi I suppose but to still be playing le- two left backs a centre back when you've got holding and Sakura on a bench is just bizarre for me and it's like holding to be fantastic and then just one off game you get dropped I thought that was it's a little bit harsh I said to you earlier I think that decision to play Monreal and Kolasinac again in that back three might have angered me more than anything else that and then he complained about it afterwards he complained about defence like, well, you're playing two left backs in your heart your defence arse you really can't complain about it when it's not it doesn't look I mean, too tight I do wonder whether with Mertesacker he felt that Stoke now aren't the kind of team that you'd want to play a Mertesacker against in that you look to their front three and for Hesse Chupo Moting can't remember who else played up front I think Berrick was Berrahino on the bench yeah he or? came on Berrahino him and uh, what's his name from Barca came on in the second half Bo, um, um, Shakiri played up front Shakiri, yeah, that's yeah. it Shakiri, Chupo Moting and, and Hesse is their front three I do wonder whether he felt that Mertesacker's lack of pace would count against him against those three but I honestly I honestly think if you play a Mustafi and Monreal either side of him you are okay they're not speed merchants by any sense of the imagination and that's why Koscielny's return is going to be massive but that would have accounted for that Yeah, it's not as if you play Mertesacker in a two I, I do just wonder whether that influenced his thinking a little bit because it, it just made no sense to me and that's probably the only way you could make any sort of sense of that decision. Yeah, and it wasn't like Mertesacker was coming back from a muscular injury or anything like that. He was coming back from a head injury and I having his eyes stitched up. And he was considered fit enough and good enough to start against Chelsea in the Community Shield. So it was obviously in his plans, yep. his plans for that. And then to leave him on the bench, I just thought it was a given he was going to come back into the side for me. And even with the pace that Stoke have got, like you said, in that three, you can cover for that on either side of him. So I was genuinely, I, I, I was convinced we were going to see Kolasinac for the first time at left wing back and Mertesacker back in the heart of defence, but. Sometimes with Arsene Wenger, he does leave you. Uh, he does leave you scratching your head at times. So that's exactly what he's thinking. Just a tad. Well, I was going to say to you, and this feels like it might be a futile exercise given given your last comment. But who, what what would be the lineup on 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 Sunday Anfield? What would you go with, both of you? Well, I'd certainly Shelney come straight back into the side. I think the back three is the most Mustafi, interesting decision. Isn't Mustafi, Shelney, then one of either or of. Mertesacker or Holding Kolasinac on the left take your pick on the right you'd, you'd drop Monreal would you? yes I think so well I mean well, I, maybe not maybe not maybe I was actually forgetting Monreal when I was saying, when I was saying that so yeah maybe Mustafi 
Kashelny uh, and Monreal because I like Monreal on the left left side of the yeah, three. Yeah, and I think that works. Um, yeah, so no, that would that would definitely be it. Actually, I was completely skipping him then. Um, <laughs> you're, 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 you're resenting him that much mind, for that yeah. mistake. He, he on disappeared Saturday. out of my mind. Um, yeah, Kalasnac absolutely left wing back. If, I cannot stand if he if he doesn't play him at left wing back again this this weekend. I'm just going to be smacking my head against the computer. Um, well, no, I won't actually. I'll be smacking it against the, the bar because I'm on holiday, so I'm not there. So I'll be watching it, watching it in a bar. Um, Guesty will be at Anfield, be so a night and yeah. a good appearance for you on the pod today. I'd, I'd forgotten about that, but you will be at Anfield for us, so yeah. you can be the one who bangs your head against the table <laughs> in Charlie's absence. Yes, and then yeah, like I said, take your pick on the right of either Rox or Bellerin. Um, then uh, midfield will pick itself with Jacker and Ramsey, Alexis, Lacazette. And Ozil. It's going to be interesting to see whether he goes with Andy Robertson or James Milner as his left back, Jurgen Klopp on on Sunday. How he tries and counters that because he's he's sort of chopped and changed between the two of them. Obviously Liverpool play against Hoffenheim tonight. Um, can you make any case for Arsenal on Sunday, Rob? I think if they take the chances, yeah. I've not been that impressed by Liverpool this season. Obviously they got draw on the opening day and then a late win against Palace so I think it's it's all about taking your chances now obviously you create, created them against Stoke you just got to take them I, th- I think there's going to be goals I really do there tends to be goals whilst I, do, Liverpool, I do think so there's going to be goals game where goals are scored because I don't look at either defence currently my worry about Arsenal is that I, I just hate playing against any team that plays with a real high energetic press because I just think Arsenal struggle to cope with it and so I do worry like the game at Anfield towards the end of last season well, it's during the middle of Arsenal's dreadful run, wasn't it? So sort of just in March, or they just got overrun. It was only two one in the end, but it was three one. They got three a late goal and a break, yeah. didn't they? Um, <laughs> so I, I worry. I just can see the game taking a familiar pattern to that one. I think again, first goal's key. If Arsenal got to stay solid, because Liverpool come flying out of the blocks, they always do. You sort of stay solid and um, get yourself into the game, then you get a chance. But if they concede within 20 minutes like they did last time at Anfield then it'll be, a, it'll be a long way back well interestingly because I've read a lot about Arsenal's failure to qualify for the Champions League ahead of the Europa League draw which we'll come on to in a minute um, and loads of people put it down to that opening day 4-3 defeat Arsenal undercooked Rob Holden and Callum Chambers at centre back it was you know a bit of a disaster until they you know at least mounted a bit of a second half fight back but that 3-1 game the ball falls to Sanchez in the 93rd minute in their penalty area and he's whacked it towards goal it deflected off one of their players could have gone anywhere deflected off one of their players straight to Adam Lallana who turns Xhaka plays it out to Origi Origi plays it to Vijnaldum game over that was the fine line for me if Arsenal had got a point at Anfield in that game I honestly think they would have finished in the top four because I think Liverpool at that point were already on a bit of a downward curve and I think Arsenal gave Liverpool the three points by not naming Alexis Sanchez I was going to say Wenger's got previous for making bizarre tactical decisions at, at Anfield he was making his point that day I mean I was, in, I was in the press lounge pre-match that day and there was a genuinely a collective gasp of just like despair at, from an Arsenal perspective at how on earth he'd named Sanchez on the bench and they were so anemic until he came on. Yeah, I was Wenger trying to make his point, but he made, made his point very weakly because he didn't leave him out completely. He left him on the bench and turned to him when, when things <laughs> well, were going wrong. Trent Alexander-Arnold. I mean, there's all this fanfare about him from a Liverpool perspective, but 
if I'm Arsene Wenger, I'm putting Sanchez out there with the brief of destroy this young lad's Premier League career. Absolutely take him to the cleaners. Because he's not really had a challenge that Trent Alexander-Arnold yet. And this is the perfect opportunity for Arsenal to... And I fully expect Sanchez to come in and play like he's never been away. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't worry about him struggling to get up to match speed or anything like that. He'll go straight into it. Um, yeah, and it'll be, it's just going to be such a boost to see him back in the, in the team. And you just feel like there's no way Arsenal would have lost at Stoke. The amount of play they had around the penalty area, in yeah. and around the penalty area at Stoke, there's no way if Sanchez was playing, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have created something or scored something or scored a goal. There's no way they would, they would have lost that game and failed to score. So they're going to be much, much stronger with him in the team, even though he hasn't played in a, in a long time. He'll, like you said, no, no worries about him coming in and uh, struggling to get up with game time or anything like that. Can you make any case for us on no. Sunday? Not at all. No, I, but you can make a case. They're good enough. They, they've got good enough players to go there and win. But I do. I, I worry about them. On all I, of us, I, I was really confident before Stoke. I thought they'd go there, get the yeah. point, uh, get the points, and then head to Anfield in it with a decent frame of mind. But I think that defeat's going to taken a bit of a toll at Stoke. And the way that weekend unfolded with Liverpool getting that goal eventually against Palace as well, it's kind of swung the dynamic because after that opening round of fixtures free all at Watford there was a lot of pressure on Liverpool if Arsenal had just got a point at Stoke if they'd have scrambled a point because Drew had that header right at the end if it it had stuck that way four points from the opening two games is not the worst thing it was just the fact that they lost the game and they lost the game they should never have lost it was such a downer and if they had just sneaked a point it would have still been a little bit frustrating but at least you're unbeaten still going to Anfield I thought it was a really it was a hammer blow that defeat it really was absolutely I completely agree I think I I said in the pod last week I, I thought if you go to Anfield with, you know, so, so, something to take from opening two games, as you said, remaining undefeated, but also going away from home and getting something, to lose that fixture to a Stoke team that, honestly, they should never ever be losing to, I, I just thought was symptomatic of all the failings they clearly just not recovered from. Yeah, I'd seen Stoke on the first game of the season at Everton, and I didn't think anything of them at all. I think they had. A shot from Shakir in the 93rd minute that was literally it yeah. but Liverpool have a game tonight you don't know how that's going to go you, I mean if they get knocked out I mean, well, the, the worry, the yeah, he can not say knocked out without smiling there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the worrying thing for me by the way Arsenal fans you're going to have an Everton fan uh, covering Arsenal at Anfield this weekend so that, that can only <laughs> that can only bode well um, the, the thing with Liverpool again that frustrates me is I think Arsenal will lose this weekend I don't look at them as a team I look at them and probably Spurs currently Spurs or Chelsea I think they're going to be in contention for for probably third and fourth I, I, I can't see how that Liverpool team finishes in the top four I really don't think they're very good at all I really don't I think the the thing that possibly annoys me is that the Coutinho sideshow is starting to seems almost to have evaporated a little bit. I think if that had continued to, if that was really ramping up ahead of this weekend, I mean, there's suggestions Barcelona might be again, but I just think if that was still kind of lingering in the background, I think it could have impacted on on Anfield a little bit. I do just worry about how we can cope. And Koscielny's return's massive. We're trying to cope against the front three of Salah, Firmino and Mane, to me, looks... It's a struggle, because it's just a team that, it's a sort of, the sort of attack that Arsenal struggle against the pace of movement the sort of fluid movement of them interchanging positions Arsenal just 
have done over the years have struggled against that sort of side. So um, it's going to take a very, very good defensive performance, which we haven't seen in the opening weeks of the season. So you've got no confidence that that's what they, they're going to be able to produce that sort of performance. But the caveat with that is that Shelton back in the heart of that defence and that is just for Arsenal it's just massive I mean there's no he's just by, by far and away the club's best defender he's the, the organiser he's a rock so so yeah that's the only gives you the little bit of hope they could go there because they will score Arsenal will score I'm convinced they'll score even yeah. like last season when they didn't they weren't great there they still got a goal and um, so I'm sure they will find a target but it's just it's just keeping them out of the other end so I can see I can really see it being a similar 3-1 Liverpool same as last season would four points from nine represent a good enough start to the season to no. you or not no I don't I, no, no. I can't even, I mean, I can't even could, finish that sentence off it, it could have been that they'd have got the point at Stoke and lost to Anfield and okay that's yeah, still but even that's not good enough I think mean, you know six points from nine you want that you just can't lose to that Stoke team like, it, yeah. like I said it would have been if you'd have just got something from it at least you'd have got you'd have got that point but it's just the way the game went, it's just not very good. You can't be losing that game. You could tell Wenger was fuming afterwards. He knew for well. He said it even himself that plenty, all the other big teams are going to go there and get three points probably this season. He doesn't think that, that that's Stoke of what they used to be. And, and Arsenal showed that towards the end of last season when they went there and won comfortably. So, so it was a huge three points drop. So I think Arsenal have to win at Anfield this weekend to then sort of to turn that turn that around because I just think four four or three points from the opening you're, you're miles behind because United yeah. will win again this weekend and you're already looking at being six or five points behind at this stage of the season and you've got an international just, break to come it's just huge so they, they have to go and win at Anfield four days of the transfer window left after the game at Anfield though might press Wenger into some sort think, of action if the, yeah, if so the fans come out with that You can't say it about laughing because no. you know it's not going to happen. Exactly. It's not going to happen. They're not going to delve there in. There's been so many instances where that's been the case. They're not going to delve in and do a mad panic buy. The only, he will, if, he, if he will sign anyone, it will be signed someone that he really wants. It's not going to be a Andre Santos, Perma, Saka, Mikel Arteta type um, dash to the finish line on deadline day he just won't he just won't do that so it'll, it'll be a player if he gets going to sign someone it'll be a Serie it'll be a Lamar the only remotely possibility of a panic buy would be someone like Mares, who's someone he's looked at before and he thinks you know what sod it I, I will do it just for the sake of it but um, again with Mares, that's it would be a good signing it wouldn't be I don't think that's massive panic buy I think he, he would do well but even that's stretching it Absolutely. Been a nice positive podcast today. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I was going to come on to the Europa League to conclude, oh, which is um, an even better way of, of finishing it off when you've got the Champions League draw preceding the Europa League draw. I, I mean, you're just sat there head in hand. I'm already imagining where I'm going to be going this season. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. You're going to be ticking off some serious countries. I can't and wait cities. for the Wi Fi. I cannot wait to get for the Wi Fi situation in some of those stadiums. <laughs> Arsenal. Um, Obviously, Everton in the draw as well, as yep. the, um, having got through against Hadjik split. Um, how how seriously are Arsenal going to take this competition this season? It'll be like the, uh, the League Cup, I'd, I'd say, in the early rounds. You know, if they get through, get into knockout stages, then should he not take the Mourinho template and put everything into <sighs> he, this? He won't. He won't. Just he, he may possibly should, but he won't. It's just not. What, it's just not what he'll do. And Im- you've got to remember with Arsenal though, it's not when you say the League Cup team now. You're not talking about Arturo Lupoli and. Uh, Alberto Mendes and, and things like that from the old uh, late right, 90s. Depends on how many players he sells. Late nineties, you're still looking at Walcott, Awobi, uh, uh, and that sort of uh, that sort of Bill Coquelin, and you know it's not they're not it's not going to be the kids far from it. And you, well, there'll be Nel, you'll see Reece Nelson, which would be good. 
Um, so there'll be a couple of those like, real talented kids, but it'll still be an experienced side who you'd expect, like Giroud will probably start and, and players like that. So um, it's not going to be that absolute kid. So it should still be strong enough to get yourself through those early rounds. And then once you get into the knockout stages at the back end of the next se- uh, back end of the season, then you probably will start taking it a little bit more seriously. You'd hope so, because. He cannot. He surely cannot throw his, all his eggs into the top four basket. It, it, that just seems like a deeply flawed way about going about it. Mourinho's proven that there's a way back in by prioritising that, and I honestly think Arsenal should should do that. I, I agree with you. I think there's opportunities there for fringe players, and clearly, the next week's going to be about selling off players they don't want, but. I think they're going to struggle to get everyone off the wage bill that they really want to, which is why I don't. I honestly don't think Gabriel was probably high on the priority list in terms of getting rid of him. But an offer's come in for him, and they've probably weighed it up against the money they get for Chambers. Probably not going to make a profit on him, so they've you know they've they've, they've bitten on that. I'd, I'd like to see Arsenal take it fairly fairly seriously, to be honest with you. It's, it's a route into the Champions League, isn't it? At the end of the day, you know, they're looking at the top four now. It'll be United City, then one of or two of Chelsea Spurs, Arsenal, possibly Everton as well. So yeah. I'm counting Liverpool in there. <laughs> nah, I had them down for seven. So <laughs> they're not in the race. Uh, yeah, I think obviously the team will be good enough to go through the group stage. Like you said, it will be fringe players, and then I think come February time, probably will take it a bit more seriously. I think you got to go. It's, a, it's, an op- it's a trophy, a win, and at the end of the day, it's a trophy he's never won as well. He's got to the final and been beaten. So, um, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he's, he should shelve it completely, but I'm just fully not. You're not going to be seeing Alexis Sanchez playing in that, or no. Meza Özil playing in that. It will be very much the same team that lines up in the in the Capital One Cup when that kicks off again, which we'll find out at four thirty in the morning. <laughs> who Arsenal game <laughs> will be playing? Um, I, I can't believe I was going to go a full podcast without mentioning Reese Nelson's name. I, I I feel like I'm beginning to get far too excited about him. I think he's that good. I think he really is that good. He is that good. He's he's a special talent. I I you look at the players that have come through at his age at Arsenal recently, Jack Wilshere and and Sesk, basically at that sort of age of. You, you think you know he he can make the step up, and those two did make the step up at that age, Arsenal gave him the chance so he hasn't yet with Nelson in the um, in the senior side apart from the community shield so I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does because he's going to get he will get his chance in the Capital One Cup Do you think he might be penalised a little bit in the position that he put, that he wants to play Possibly in. but that's another reason why I mean we haven't spoken about Ox on this but you know, I'd sell Ox I'd absolutely sell Ox in the next eight days um, as much as I want him to stay he's not going to sign a new contract so I'd get rid of him now because you're going you're gonna to get 35 million Possibly from Chelsea, saving his season's worth of wages. You're basically earning yourself about 40 million if Selox now, and you're going to lose him for free next summer. And he's not going to score you 40 goals or 30 goals this season. Do you so. think Arsenal would need another player to come in if they sell him? Possibly, because then you can use that money and go and get yourself a Draxler or get yeah. yourself a Lamar. Because Arsenal have been bidding for Lamar anyway, but if you get an extra 30 million for Ox, then whack that, raise that bid 15 million, make, make it an offer that Monaco can't refuse, and you got him. But I do think also with Nelson, he's that good that you've got to start trying to find a Planet, pathway yep. for him getting into that team because he, he, you can just tell he's got it very rarely you see a player of that, that quality at that age yep. who can do what he can do um, so I think you've got to start in your mind and that's what Arsene did he did it you know he slowly the whole Vieira thing and 
know, finally moving him out of the way, sending him to Juventus to let Sess come through. And we're not at that stage yet necessarily with with Nelson. I can't, I'm not saying he should come into the side and replace Ox now, but if you sell Ox, there are players there who, who can play in Ox's position because he hasn't really got position at the moment. And um, but Nelson's also said that he'd like to play as number ten. Yeah, yeah. But Which I at, do think at his is age, so congested. But at his age, I think you can't at 17 say, I'm playing in this one position. You just yeah. don't. You come in and you play where you're, where you're told at the moment. But, and but, but I like that about him. I like that he's got a bit of arrogance and a bit of... Uh, almost, there's almost, to me, a bit of expectation about it now with him. I almost think he thinks to himself, I think he's probably got a target in his head of where he wants to be at a certain point. And he probably does want to be challenging players in that team soon. And, and frankly... I don't think anyone, when you look at how inconsistent, and that we've said Alex Iwobi, we think he's going to have a big season. I think he needs to have a big season when you when you got players like Nelson, you know, banging on the door. Walcott, I think Walcott. I, I'd, if with twenty, Walcott is a dreadful substitute to bring on. I, I think if Walcott, he had he had one touch. He just Stone. does nothing. He he just he's just. He's just an awful sub to bring on in those sort of games. He's not going to really make anything happen, I don't think. At the Emirates, he might do, but away from home, when you're chasing a game, Walcott just the amount of time. I mean, when has he really changed the game when he's come on? Very away from home, especially. So for me, and Nelson, even at his age, you, you expect him to do something, to create something, exactly. to, to scare him. Walcott's not going to scare a team that's sitting in defending deep because the only way he scares a team is when he's got space to run in behind him, and Stoke were never going to give him that opportunity. <laughs> and he's not going to swing in a decent ball because he just doesn't do that uh, for Giroud to, to win a header so as just I just see Walcott coming in I just shake my head on the touchline just knowing he's not going to he's not going to produce anything he's barely going to get involved but that was Nelson coming on I think you know what he might get so he might get on the ball he might scare him run at him beat his man with, with a trick and create himself an opportunity or an opportunity for others so I'd, I'd, I would honestly get him involved now I think he's that good like you, oh, he's such an exciting talent. I'd get him. In, I'd get him involved. I'd certainly start getting him on the bench more in the league games, preparing him for when he is going to start in the cup. And it'd be remiss to not talk about Eddie and Keisha, who scored twice in that game as well against Manchester City on Monday, and Jack Wilshire. Wilshire, I'd just get out of the way. I'm not surprised he turned around and twatted the bloke because they were trying to make a name for themselves. I think he got he was getting booted left, right and centre throughout the game and it was clear they were targeting him and given what Wilshire's gone through and he's trying to battle back and save his career at Arsenal, to have some little kid basically snapping at your ankles left, right and centre yeah he probably should have been the bigger man and not reacted to it but you know, there's so much in Jack Wilshire's head at the moment I imagine that he just he just saw the red mist oh, I'm really not surprised and it also it was the guy you know, charging in who kicked it off you know Wilshire shoved the guy to the floor he may well have got a red card for that I don't know but then the guy came charging in out of nowhere and really kicked it off the other city guy so I'm not too bothered about Jack what happened with Jack and people calling it a career low I just think it's pathetic it's really not um, and Nikita yeah good talent but I, don't, I think Nikita's a little bit further behind Reese Nelson in terms of where he is stuff looks like a good talent but um, I think you'd sort of look at Nikita and think a loan spell may well do him well but I wouldn't I wouldn't really want to see Nelson out on loan I think Nelson's good enough to compete in the squad now definitely definitely I I, I really really want to see him involved really want to see him involved right we'll conclude because we are now at the 39 minute stage remarkably we just I, I was thinking at one point that we, we probably hadn't spoken about enough and then 20 minutes of just gone like that so I will get your predictions to round off for Sunday lads and 
I don't sense an awful lot of optimism from, from Charlie, but Guesty heading to Anfield. <laughs> I know Guesty will save us for this one. So, Charlie, you can go first. 3 1 Liverpool. Three, a repeat of yes, last season. Repeat of last season. Even with Sanchez and Gishelmi. Yeah. Guesty? 2 0 Arsenal. 2 0 Arsenal. Love that. Love that. I'll bring the points back. Nice. That's some that's some serious optimism right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go right down the middle and go two all. I cannot see any way either either of those teams is keeping a clean sheet and I'm backing Alex Lacazette to score again. I can see him having a decent game. Lovely finish that disallowed goal. Absolutely. Was there any only one that fell to him the whole game? Just before I put on Twitter, I wish one of these chances fell to Lacazette and he did and what a finish it was. Superb. Let's hope it counts on Sunday yes, if it falls to him. Anyway, Charlie, thank you very much. And Guesty, thank you very much. Charlie handing over the, the match day baton to Guesty now as we speak ahead of Sunday. Um, so you can follow all the latest ahead of the game uh, on Twitter, Facebook and our Instagram accounts, um, our Arsenal uh, accounts for football.london. And uh, we'll have plenty of match coverage during the day on Sunday too.